If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Good evening to all of my fellow fans of those savages in the box, and welcome to episode 10 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. I am your host, Mike Scudero, as always, here on this nice Sunday evening, August 25th. 2019 and boy what a start we have to game three against the Dodgers already (laughs) DJ went deep about five minutes before I started this podcast up tonight great great stuff solo shot yanks on top DD was then hit by a pitch after judge got out but he seems to be okay (laughs) what an intro we got So as you can hear, the Yankee game is going on right now as I'm doing the podcast, so this is the first time on Yapping Yankees that you'll be getting to hear me react live to a game while I'm doing the podcast. (laughs) I have the game on right next to me on my television. I have it on mute, of course, so you don't have to hear the sound while I do the podcast, but I'm taking constant glances over right now as the game happens, and I'll be reacting to it as I talk in the podcast. So there may be just reactions out of nowhere with positive or negative I can't really promise anything but that's probably what's going to be happening so we're just going to go through with it and ought to be a good time what do you say <laughs> so before we get into things here on Yapping Yankees officially on episode 10 cannot believe it's episode 10 already let's get to our first shout out of Yapping Yankees that we usually do every week by shouting out Team Left Jab the Team Left Jab United Radio Network They feature Team Left Jab Boxing Radio, Team Left Jab Uncensored, and of course the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Go follow them, Team Left Jab, on all social media platforms and check out their sports content. (laughs) Lots of deep breaths in the intro. We're just running right through, aren't we? (laughs) So, as I'm taking a glance over the TV right now, again, the Yankees are up 1-0 over the Dodgers in Game 3. Probably should be going for a sweep tonight, but of course... Make no use in complaining about it until we get to the segment to complain about it. <laughs> Gary Sanchez looks like he's about to fly out right now. Yep, right to center field, and that's the end of the first inning. Well, good on DJ for getting the Yankees on top early on. Right away off Clayton Kershaw. Big run right there. So, usually right after the team left jab shout-out, as you know, we usually get right to the Twitter poll and the Instagram poll that I put up every week for Yapping Yankees, usually to interact with my awesome followers slash listeners slash fans slash anything you want to call them. (laughs) So, let's get to that. So I had a weekly question for Yapping Yankees on Twitter and Instagram that I do have each week, as always. The same question on both social media platforms, as I always do. And I actually did post a couple more, you know, polls throughout the week that weren't for yapping Yankees, but it was for fun. Like, for instance, when J-Hap bombed again, yet again, like he has been all season long in Oakland a few games ago, put up a, a poll for fun saying, you know, if, you know, should J-Hap be on the postseason roster? I put four options and all four options were no. <laughs> that poll got over 300 votes, so I think everybody liked that one. <laughs> and honestly, as far as the yapping Yankees polls are concerned, I've been getting a lot of good reaction and voting numbers on that. You know, the last few polls I've done on Yapping Yankees, they've all, on Twitter, gotten over like 300 votes, gotten good interaction on there, lots of replies, lots of people want their shout-outs, I guess, which they rightfully earned by participating in the poll and responding. So congratulations to you. There'll be more shout-outs today, of course. 
and also in, on Instagram. Obviously, I get I get much less on Instagram because my my Instagram following isn't nearly as much as Twitter. My Twitter following is high, so you know it, it's still a lot of fun regardless of what platform I do it on. But we'll start with Twitter as always, and I'll give you the question right now. This this poll has received on Twitter. Oh, it, it's nearing 200 votes, so again, another another good amount of responses, and it'll probably continue to pile up as the numbers go along, as time goes along. So here's the question. Has this last week of Yankees baseball lessened your confidence in earning home field advantage throughout the postseason? So basically it's saying, has the last week of Yankee baseball discouraged you in any way in feeling like the Yankees will earn home field advantage throughout the playoffs? Has it affected your opinion on it? And I said, of course, remember, if you comment with your reason for the answer, as I do on all Yapping Yankees polls, if you respond to it with the reason for your answer, you get a shout out on the podcast later, which is now, of course. So let's get into it. Got a lot of responses on this one. I think I got almost 30. So this ought to be fun. So first one, my lovely girlfriend, Victoria Salimo. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry for this quick interruption. But we have we have the same exact thing happening for the Dodgers right now. Oh my goodness, Jock Peterson just let off the bottom of the first with a home run. Wow. <laughs> what a what a response by the Dodgers, gotta tell you. So DJ LeMayhew started things off with a solo shot right at the start of the Yankees' first inning. And the first pitch that the Dodgers saw, the first pitch that Jock Peterson saw, he hits it into the right field bleachers. Oh my goodness. Domingo Herman not off to a good start, and neither was Clayton Kershaw. Fastball right down the plate. Oh boy, not good. Well, it's a tie game now, so let's just get right back to the poll. Again, throughout the podcast, there will be reactions because I'm, the game's going on right now as I'm recording. So so the first one, Victoria Salimo, my lovely girlfriend as always, she replied to the poll after she had voted. At Vic Salimo, be sure to follow her. She definitely deserves your follow. She said, no, it doesn't discourage me or, or lessen my confidence. Nah, because they're the Yankees. They got this. Hashtag savages. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. And I'll give you the overall numbers after all the replies. It seems like the general consensus was no, but let's see. At Gene1Mac said, lot of no's. So she voted no as well, apparently. At MakeupMofo, she has replied to my stuff a lot. She said, this is just a rough patch. We've come too far to start doubting ourselves now. Aaron is heating up, meaning Aaron Judge. We do have a lot of Aarons on the team, so we'll have to classify which one we're talking about, even though one of them is hurt and the other one's the manager, so I get it. But Aaron Judge is heating up. We need to work on runners in scoring position. That was definitely an issue in Oakland. And Tina, at MountainGal456. Tina's so popular on Yankees Twitter. She's great. Definitely go give her a follow. Tina says they had some bad games, like a lot of the top teams have had this season, but it's happened to the Yankees before, and they come back strong. I still think they, think they can get home field advantage because they are indeed hashtag savages. Look what you've started, Boone. <laughs> At Ash Bonnie up next, absolutely has, so he voted yes. They had a crucial span of games against the elite competition of baseball, and their record is 3-6. and six. Indians, Athletics, and the Dodgers so far. So as more stuff is going on in the Yankee game right now, Domingo Herman is not looking good. Just gave up a double now. So not off to a good start. And Domingo Herman, as we all know, has had his heavy struggles on the road, as he seems to be having already early on in this game. It looks like Max Muncy, the you know, the over exaggerator from yesterday, gets himself a double with no outs. Right after Jock Peterson went deep. 
So good job by him, I guess, at, you know, capitalizing upon yesterday, just taking that game right away from the Yankees, or at least a tie score in the ninth inning, because that is exactly what he did, which we'll get to later. So up next, at SESQ212. That doesn't even have a pronunciation, so I'm just spelling it out. <laughs> the username is Marcus Tim's Yankees hitting coach. At SESQ212. Not at all. These series are still relatively meaningless. Playoffs are a different level of intensity and focus. Then, good friend of mine on Twitter also, Pinstripes for Life, at Darren Rosinger, one. I hope I pronounced your name right, Darren, your last name, that is. The Yankees still have about 12 games left with pretty weak teams, Rangers, Tigers, Jays, etc. Every team goes through a rough patch. They will be fine. So that was Darren's tweet. Thank you for applying, Darren. Next one up is Thinking NYY. Thinking NYY said, I don't think anybody learned anything new about this team this week. Hmm. Alrighty then. Then the next one up, Coach Lou Rallone said, I'm confident that we can still have home field advantage and make some noise in the playoffs. What concerns me is actually completing the mission of winning the whole thing. This West Coast trip should have opened some eyes. Our pitching staff is not strong enough if we don't hit. It's a valid concern there. Sean Shalinsky kept it simple, not even remotely. <laughs> so he is not shaken at all by this West Coast trip. Watching the Yankee game right now, again, it just looks like Gary Sanchez just totally lost a pop-up in the air. But... The infield fly rule might have been called because now I see there's an out. Justin Turner hit it. So yeah, there's an out. The infield fly rule must have been called. Again, I have the game on mute, so I'm just going off of what I think is going on as I'm watching. So there's one out. Max Muncy's still on second base. It's a one-to-one game. So let's keep going with these replies. At Kristen Marie NY. Kristen underscore Marie NY. I'm in the middle. I think we were hurt. I think we were hurt lineup-wise by the guys who just recently went out. Those guys are back, and even one, two of our pitching staff back, I'm much more confident. I can't blame you there. Kalu Borden. I hope that's how I pronounce your name. I'll just say Kalu Borden 12. I'll go with that. <laughs> I think the Yankees can win on the road in the playoffs, So can, but so can the Astros. But home field advantage is always great to have. For example, in 2017, Yankees went 0-4 in Houston. Home field is always good to have. That's the truth. That is what happened in 2017. Samantha at Ziggy89X. Of course, this team was built for Yankee Stadium. The crowd is electric, and the team thrives off the energy of the fans. And there are certain stadiums where they tend to crumble. (laughs) Definitely like Oakland is definitely an example of that, as we just saw not long ago, just a few days ago. So thank you, Samantha, for applying. Hoodie Kev at 21 Kevin Smith. West Coast trips are always tough. The A's and Dodgers both are playing well, so it's no surprise the Yankees have their hands full. Still have every confidence that this group, plus the guys coming back, can and will get it done. All right, that's definitely interesting. C. Lawler, 95. At C. Lawler, 95. Or at Clawlor 95. I don't know how you necessarily pronounce it. Some of these ats are really odd. (laughs) But you are getting your shout-out nonetheless. I voted yes, but I'm in between on the idea. All Yankee fans know that when the bars get hot, there's always a chance for the W. Pitching, I'm still unsure about. They've got, they've got to show more consistency to win me over. Well, every pitching concern that I'm hearing definitely is valid. So, at Wuthrich24, 
Gavin Wuthrich, looks like that's the name, voted no. He said no. Every team goes through a rough stretch. This team has responded to adversity multiple times throughout this season. Very true. Emily Nyman at M, M She Does It. Sample size, which is true. There's just a small sample size of what's been going on. So it seems a lot of these people are saying no. At BF Miss My Homie. <laughs> Hoodie Jonathan Wayne at BF Miss My Homie says no worries. And with a gif, just with a guy putting his hand up and saying there's still time. So that's definitely true. All right, let's keep on continuing on. At Marcia Nicholas. We've had some major obstacles to overcome this year. The injuries were nonstop, but the attitude but the attitude and will to win became next man up. These savages have so much heart. I believe we will have some home field advantage. There you go. At Gup's cards, I'm not any less confident than I was the week before. All good teams struggle at some point. It's a long season. They play a somewhat soft schedule the rest of the way. I think they'll be just fine. At Nelly Nell, 51-573. No, but my confidence in rotation isn't high. So, the rotation concerns continue, continuing on here. At Brian underscore TGP. First and foremost, if you allow one, of, one week of games to determine how you feel about an entire season, then you already have issues. <laughs> That's a bold statement. I mean, I do understand that, you know, it is one week, but nonetheless, you know, some people have their concerns, mostly with the pitching, as you can hear, and I think that's valid, too. So, another response. At VRS, I-N-A-T-H, I guess it's at VRSRINATH? I don't know, I'm just trying my best here, guys. These ats are wild sometimes. All the players are heating up at the right time, with folks coming off the I.L. We should be on the right course to finishing on top. That is true. We do have some players on the way back. Luke Voigt is rehabbing. Luis Severino, Dallin Batances are making progress. Montgomery is making progress. There is a lot going on. At Edison Norford, that A's series had me worried. Anytime the Yankees come to California, they always have problems. There certainly are times where the Yankees do struggle on the West Coast. At Allen Dexter 2020, no, because they have improved in terms of starting pitching, and Sevian Batantis will be back soon, and Invisible Man Stanton. Definitely not a Stanton fan there, as you can see. At Mike Cubic 6, no, it is not, because even the Dodgers and Astros have gone have all gone through rough patches throughout the season as well. True. Every team does it. It is a 162 game season after all. Then at B Dimes 34 said no, they're still going to get home field advantage. But to win in the postseason, we need a pitcher with a below 4.1 earned run average. Another person with the concerns with the, with the pitching. I don't blame any of you for being concerned with the pitching. I definitely am at times too. So right here we have at MacKnight09. I'll never have a failing in the Yankees moving to the playoffs. All right. At triple at double J then Josie one at triple J OZ one. <laughs> so three J's and OZ one. Remember 2017? The Astros had home field and they took all four games there. We took all three games at the stadium. Now we need to get back home to get some distance because the worse we do, the more fired up Houston gets. I guess so. So those were the replies on the Twitter poll and here are the results after 170 votes. So again, the question was, has this last week of Yankees baseball lessened your confidence in earning home field advantage throughout the postseason? 30% voted yes, and 70% voted no.
So the vast majority of you are saying that this last week of Yankee baseball has not made you lose your confidence in the fact that the Yankees could get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. So definitely fair. And it does sound like the majority is very strong on that one, 70 to 30. So now we'll head over to the Instagram poll and see what is doing over there. So here's the deal over here. So again, same question. Has this last week of Yankees baseball lessened your confidence in earning home field advantage throughout the postseason? Same sort of thing almost on Instagram. 64% said no, and 36% said yes. So a lot of Yankee fans still confident that the Yankees could earn home field. I like the confidence. We did get a couple of replies. So first off, Matthew Schwartz.14 on Instagram. A good friend of my brother's. Good kid. He said, teams have ups and downs every week. It all depends who's hot and cold at what time. I don't think they'll have a problem. So again, voicing what many of you said back on Twitter. On Instagram, the Dark Knight 25 which on Twitter, I know him, James Celestin. He is at AnimeSoldier01. He says, it does, because especially against Houston, it goes a long way. Not confident in our pitching on the road, but definitely at home. All right, so those are the replies I got on Instagram. So the vast majority of you say that this last week has not changed your view at all. And that's fair. But again, a lot of you have also voiced your concerns because of the pitching. But regardless of what your opinion is, you can't deny this last week has been a rough week for the Yankees. It was not a pleasant week, especially in Oakland. The Cleveland Indians series, as we spoke about last last Sunday, rather, did not end well. So you can't really deny that because that is what happened. I'm just glaring at the Yankee game right now. The first inning is still going on. Herman has over 20 pitches. Yikes. I believe it's Chris Taylor at the plate right now. And I believe he has a 3-2 count on him. First and second, two outs. Let's hang back on this 3-2 pitch before we continue our discussion here. So he's getting ready for it. Come on, just get him out. Get him out. Get him. Oh, boy. That's headed to the gap. Oh, oh catch is made. Nice. I believe it's Mike Talkman out there. Nice job, Talk. <laughs> that one that one looked like it was headed for the gap, and Talkman headed right over and made the catch, thankfully. So, that is the end of the first inning, and it's pretty funny because Kershaw and Herman both allowed solo shots to the first batters they saw in the game. <laughs> so, it's one-to-one heading to the second inning. So, we got ourselves a good game already. So, let's just talk about this last week as we were talking about before while we're on commercial break for the Yankee game. So, Obviously, it wasn't a pleasant time in Oakland after the Yankees lost the final game to the Cleveland Indians in Yankee Stadium, and the Yankees always have a tendency to do bad in Oakland. I mean, they've been awful there since 2012. 7-21 there since then, I believe. So it's understandable. They just, they just don't play well there. Whether it be the loud racket with the horns and the drums and the cowbells and what have you, which, by the way, I commented on on Twitter, and A's Twitter just came at me. I mean, a lot of you were actually, in A's Twitter were actually very entertaining. And the replies were pretty funny, but a lot of you were just straight-up stupid, just telling me things that don't even have anything to do with anything. And it's pretty wild, just the, the, just the bizarre responses I got. You guys just came out of nowhere. <laughs> I mean, whatever. I'm on Twitter to have a good time, you know. And, and I'm entitled to your opinion, I, to my opinion. I think your stadium's annoying. I mean, it just... And trust me, a lot... A lot of fans around all of baseball feel the same way, so I am not alone on this. I would definitely have a lot of people agreeing with me on this. So don't you think it's just me with this opinion, and I'm entitled to it. Your stadium's annoying. That's how I feel about it. I did watch a lot of the games on mute, though, because I I just can't take the drums and everything. I think there's other ways to cheer, and not necessarily because I want a stadium as quiet as a morgue. I just don't want 
all that yeah, boom, boom, boom. I just, when I'm at a stadium, I, I, I just cheer. I use my voice. I don't use any instrument, but hey, whatever. They have their way of doing things over there. I have my way of doing things over here. They don't agree with my way. I don't agree with theirs. Whatever. Agree to disagree. Who cares? But regardless, while the struggles are never good or fun, there's still plenty of the season left to go, as many of you echoed in the poll responses, of course. And we're going to see who gets home field advantage, but it's it's undeniably, it is quite important if you look at the contrast between the Yankees' home and away records. Away, the Yankees are not too far over a 500 record. At home, they just kick ass. Although in my heart, I feel this team could just win about anywhere. Even even through all these injuries, it says something. Because you got to remember something, too. People forget the adversity and the hardships they've had to overcome this year on this incredible journey in the 2019 season. I mean, even though Oakland was frustrating, and, and it definitely was, very frustrating series, and we'll get to it during the weekly recap, but yesterday in Los Angeles, really, it really got to me. Like, it just really did, and I mentioned it earlier with Max Muncy, I, it just, it really ticked me off. I mean, I was thinking about it all night at dinner last night, I was out for my grandmother's 85th birthday, and, and uh, it, I, it was just like the only thing on my mind, I was just, I was ticked off, I and mean, of course I was enjoying dinner, don't get me wrong, but... It was it was burning on my mind because it was an annoying it was an annoying outcome there in the ninth inning. It was irritating. It really got to me. So basically what happened was just a whole lot of tomfoolery in the ninth inning. That's what I'll tell you. That's what happened. But it, it was just really annoying. I mean, sure, the offense was quiet. Sure, the Yankees could have scored in the ninth after yet another debacle. But the debacle itself, I mean, it, it's just silly. So Gio Rochelle is up at bat. Hits a ground ball to the left side of the infield. They go to second for one on an attempt for a double play. Gardner slides into second, clearly just trying to be safe, which he was, and definitely a lot of credit to Gardner. Huge clutch play running into second like that, sliding in. And I believe I saw Gardner like just like tap Muncie with his hand or something, and he clearly didn't slide into the base with malicious intent or with intent to hurt Muncie or anything like that. But Muncie just tumbles down to the floor. As if it was the dirtiest slide of all time. Which, it was as clean as a whistle. And I even I even had another poll up asking if the slide was... Uh, or not a poll, rather. I just had a tweet up asking if the... You know, I said, this slide is not in the slightest dirty. It is completely clean. It got a lot of attention and everybody agreed with me because it was a clean slide. So he slid into second, clearly just being a runner, just trying to beat the throw, not looking to to hurt anybody on purpose. And he slid in, did a nice slide in. He was, he didn't leave the base path. He didn't overslide the bag. He didn't do anything wrong. But Max Muncy felt the need to over-exaggerate a fake injury and fall to the ground, in which case Glaber, who was on second, was running to third on the play, and he rounded third, didn't go back to touch the base, so then when he saw Muncy was down, he ran home. And then when he was on his way home, maybe about a quarter or halfway down the line, maybe, just out of nowhere, Kenley Jansen is calling time. And then time is granted. And then when Glaber comes home, the run doesn't count. So And then after the game, Max Muncy more or less admitted that he was faking it. And so what, by calling time now? How do you take that run away and grant time right there? That run should count. And I know a lot of Dodger fans like to say, oh, that was a dirty slide. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah cry about it or weep. Oh, hey, he didn't, they didn't do anything afterwards. They could have done that, but of course you don't focus on that. Listen, first of all, 
Dodger fans should be the last people lecturing anybody in the baseball world on what a clean slide is after Chase Utley nearly took Rubitata's legs off a few years ago. Okay? So let's get that out of the way, first of all. And second of all, it's not even about crying or weeping about a certain play because your team didn't score. It's a, it's a legitimate thing that needs to be addressed. So what, you're telling me if someone just, if it's the ninth inning on a random day, okay, and someone hits a double into the gap, and a run is coming home, and the pitcher just doesn't want the run to score, right? So you call time, hey, time, time, umpire's granted and everything, the run doesn't count. What, are you telling me that that's okay now? You can't just call time in the middle of the play like that when I, I'm pretty sure they granted Jansen the time. And you knew that Max Muncy was faking because when he fell to the ground and then he saw that Glaber was, was rounding third, you saw him like suddenly get up. Like all of a sudden he had no pain at all. Like just out of nowhere, he had no pain. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's face down on the ground in like the most pain you've ever seen anybody in. And he even described it as, oh yeah, I pulled like a soccer act. Because you know how sometimes the players in soccer, they over-exaggerate an injury. They barely get tapped and they're holding their leg as if it just got thrown in a meat cleaver. They're laying on the field in like excruciating pain like you've never seen before. And that's basically what Max Muncy did. And because he faked an injury. And because the Dodgers got granted a ridiculous timeout on a run that should have counted on Glaber Torres' behalf. Then, of course, the Yankees after that with the bases loaded and one out. Then Mike Talkman strikes out and Gary strikes out. And yes, as I said before, could they have done something there and the Yankees would have scored? Of course they could have. I'm not denying that. But what happened beforehand needs to and should be addressed because it wasn't right. They should not be granted time out of nowhere just like that just because the run is coming around. It was just ridiculous. Ridiculous! That whole thing bothered me like crazy. And the fact that it involved the umpires, who have just gotten on my nerves enormously, even more than usual lately, it just made it that much worse. So yeah, if you're a team, if you're a fan of an opposing team, and you just want to, you're just listening to this right now saying, oh yeah, Mike, cry, cry, yeah, weep about it. I'm not even doing that. I'm drawing attention to a situation that needs to be addressed. That a lot of people had an issue with. And rightfully so. I had a huge problem with it. And again. As far as clean slides go. This was a very clean slide. This was a very fast man. Brett Gardner. Trying his best to beat out a ball. Going into second base. In the beginning of what. Could have been a double play. On Gio Urshela. He slid right into the base. He wasn't out of path. And he didn't overslide. He didn't do anything. And Max Muncy mentions, oh yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure I felt his hand on, on the back of my leg or on my ass or something. So, so what, that, that was what so-called injured you that badly? As if you looked like your leg was just, your, the second half of your leg from your knee down was just torn off? That's what hurt you so badly? So yeah, if, if, if you want to hear it from me, I think the Dodgers unfairly won that game yesterday. Yeah, I do think the game should have been tied at that point. Who knows what the Yankees would have done at that point. Or maybe it would have stayed tied, they wouldn't have gotten to extras and lost still. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, we should have had the chance to at least see what would have happened. Because that was wrong, what happened. And please, Dodgers fans, the same ones 
who defended what Chase Utley did years ago to Ruben Tejada. You are the last group of people that I need to be lectured from on what a clean slide is. So please spare me the lecture. Please. I will accept the lecture from any other fan base in the world other than from yours. The same people who defended that jerk from what he did to Ruben Tejada. That's a dirty slide. Going way out of your way out of the base path, trying to intentionally take someone out and hurt them, not just try to break up a double play. And he's all reason the rule got blown out of proportion anyway, where everyone always questions, oh, clean and dirty, clean or dirty, clean. He's the reason. And I got you lecturing me on what a clean slide is. Please, spare me. So that game got on my nerves yesterday. It did. Really got on my nerves. So the Yankees ended up losing that one. And again, at the end of it, it was just another ridiculous occurrence in what has been a not-so-great week for the Yankees. It was kind of like a cherry-on-top-of-the-cake thing. But again, as always, listen, when it comes to the home field, plenty of time to go. It's just that game yesterday really irked me. Because who Who knows? If that game would have been tied there, or if the Yankees would have taken the lead after that, or if the Yankees would have gone into extras and won, or lost, who knows? But the fact of the matter is, it gives that much more of a chance for the Yankees to win. And if they would have won that game, they could be going for a sweep today on the road in Los Angeles. How big would that be? So again, if you if you want to hear me say it, if you want to hear me say it, the Dodgers won the game unfairly, I will align with you on that. I think they won the game unfairly. That's how I feel. Sorry, not sorry. That was BS how the game ended yesterday. Again, could they have scored from Talkman or Gary doing something with the bases loaded and one out? Of course. All you got to do is get the ball in the air to the outfield to a safe distance in which a run could score. No one's fighting you on that. But what happened earlier should be talked about and addressed and not be shoved under the rug like lots of Dodgers fans want to do. Or just lecture Yankee fans saying, oh, cry, cry, weep, weep. Wine, wine. Want some cheese with that wine? Shut up. And I'd be defending you the same way too if the same thing happened to you because that's an injustice what happened yesterday at the end of the game. That's not right. So go ahead. Tell me to cry all you want. I could care less. I could not care less if you tell me if you go cry or not. Ridiculous. John Boy even said it best on Twitter yesterday. He was saying, you know, this cry culture, this culture on Twitter that just tells you, oh, go cry, weep, whatever. So annoying. Just shut up. I'd rather no feedback than that feedback. It's a waste of my time, your time, and everybody else's time. <sighs> so as I finish up that rant, I'm just glancing over the TV. There's two outs in the bottom of the second ready. Both Clayton Kershaw and Domingo Herman appearingly having much easier second innings than they did the first inning. So that's that. So, now that that's done, you know, my take on what the home field advantage situation is and what my take on yesterday's game was, we'll get into the weekly recap thing. Let's keep rolling along here on here on Yapping Yankees, of course, episode 10 again. This one is called Rough Week, of course, because it has been a rough week for the Yankees. And uh, since we did last week, on Sunday, we discussed the Yankees and Indians last game. We'll start on Tuesday because, again, on Monday, the Yankees had that day off to travel to the West Coast in what would be a horrible series in Oakland as they would get swept. So we'll talk about that starting on Tuesday when the Yankees lost by a score of 6-2. to two. So we'll get to the summary. 
the top of the first, you know, right at the beginning of the series, I was like, yeah, this may have a possibility to be good because in the top of the first, Gary Sanchez right away, solo shot, one nothing. But then Matt Olson counters right away with a two-run shot of his own in the bottom of the first to make it two to one A's. Then it was three to one A's after Mark Canna right after that solo shot. Then four to one Marcus Simeon RBI double, six to one on a two-run single by Stephen Piscotty, and it was six two after Judge pulled his first home run of the year to left. Made it 6-2. That was a very positive sign and definitely a good thing to hang our hat on for the night if we were looking for positives in this miserable game. But the Yankees did end up losing by a score of 6-2 to in that first game. And it was not a fun time because the Yankees made a bad pitcher in Homer Bailey look very good. Only scored a run off him and struck out eight times in five and two-thirds. And Domingo Herman just looked horrendous. Five, five, run, five earned runs, six runs in five and a third as his struggles on the road continue. And it's really hard to ignore that, you know, I don't know how this night's going to end up for him. He just had a good second inning, but it's hard to ignore that Domingo Herman on the road is significantly worse than Domingo Herman at home. It's just a statistical fact. You could go look at it if you want. So those road struggles continued that day. So that definitely wasn't easy. And then on Wednesday, the day where my patience officially expired for J.A. Happ, the Yankees would lose by a score of 6-4 to four and lose the second game of the series. But then again, it was sort of like deja vu in the first game because in the top of the second, in the beginning, the Yankees took a lead. Mike Tauchman, RBI single, so it's one nothing. I'm like, all right, early on, Yankees have another lead. Let's not let the same thing happen today as they did yesterday. Oh, but the same exact thing happened because Jay Happ came out in the bottom of the second, two-run homer for Chris Davis. A's took a 2-1 to lead, and they never looked back. Two-run homer for Marcus Simeon, 4-1. to And then after that, an RBI single for Mark Kana. 5-1, to one, and then it was 5-2 after a sack fly by Mike Talkman. 6-2 after, after they just gave the run right back, Chad Green did. Solo shot for Steven Piscotty, then it was 6-2. 6-3 after a solo shot by Mike Ford. 6-4 after an RBI double by Didi, and I thought, hey, maybe they're going to come back. But that was all the scoring they'd do, and they'd lose the game 6-4. And again, Jay Happ, four innings pitched, five runs allowed, all earned. 5.58 earned run average. And again, as I said, this was the night that officially made me lose my patience with him. That's what made me take to Twitter and ask everybody in a joking poll, but also somewhat serious, of course. Should Jay Happy anywhere near the postseason roster? Poll received well over 300 votes, and, every, and the only choice was no, because what are the right answer is there, really, when you think about it? If you still have patience with Jay Happ as a Yankee fan, God bless you. You are the most patient person on the face of the earth, because I'll tell you, these struggles, how long are you going to deal with it? We're less than a week away from the month of September. And this has been an issue for Jay Happ since the last couple of days of March, first week of April. And we're damn near close to September. So if you're still patient with this man, God bless you. I tip my hat to you because my patience is at zero with him, quite frankly. Luis Severino, Montgomery, could not come back soon enough for this rotation. I would just either put Jay Happ in the bullpen for long relief or just not even have him on the roster at all. And I know it makes him, makes it tough for a lot of you. may seem like, you know, they may be like, Mike, what the hell are you talking about? The money they're paying him. They have to put him in. They will put him in. And maybe they will. I'm just telling you what I want. He should be nowhere near the playoff roster. I'm sorry. And I just think that's that's the truth. So let me move on to Thursday. 
Yankees doing all they can to prevent a sweep. Of course, they wouldn't prevent a sweep because they made another okay pitcher at best in Tanner Roark around a four ERA. Look great. Two earned runs only in six and a third. And Masahiro Tanaka had a really rough outing, especially in the beginning of the game. Got better as the game went along, but the first inning was really the inning that did him in. Five runs all earned in six innings. And considering he had, I believe, in the high 30s or something like that in pitches in the first inning, I cannot believe he lasted until the sixth. That was like a miracle. (laughs) So, obviously, of course, this game, not a lot of fun. And it started off badly right away in the first inning for Tanaka, as I said. Run scored on a ground up by Matt Olsen. It was 1-0. 3-0 after a two-run single by Mark Kana, who just really killed the Yankees in the series. Matt Chapman, RBI single, made it 4-0. Then it was 5-0 after a run scored on a Steven Piscotty ground out into a force out. And then the Yankees were able to put three runs up on a on an RBI single by Mike Talkman, a solo shot by Glaber Torres, and then a second solo shot by Glaber Torres in the top of the ninth. So it was 5-3, and that's a score they would lose by. As we all know, these two home runs in this game are just one of many examples of Glaber Torres being red hot lately. At the plate, he's been doing himself a nice job. And he and Aaron Judge heating up, definitely a big deal for this offense. I don't think anyone's going to deny that. So, all in all, with the horns, the drums, the cowbells, and the crappy gameplay and pitching and quiet offense, not a fun series in Oakland at all. Not a fun series. Things would brighten up the next night, though, because the Yankees would move on to Los Angeles, a much quieter stadium as far as instruments during a live game. And James Paxton. The man who a lot of people had run out of patience with, and I was close to myself because my frustration with him, as I've explained it before, I've explained it plenty of times, but I'll tell those who who didn't hear it yet again. My thing with James Paxton, and I, I would get I would get frustrated when Hap would do badly, but I would also understand it because there's nothing intimidating about Jay Hap to me. He has a 92 mile an hour fastball, maybe. He has bad breaking stuff. Off-speed pitch changeup is garbage. I don't think his two-seamer is great. Doesn't throw hard. Doesn't have like a deceptive delivery, really. There's just really nothing intimidating about him. But James Paxton, I think a lot of people, including myself, and I told a couple of people this on Twitter, I think a lot of people, including myself, get more frustrated with him than most because of his potential and the stuff he has. Yankee fans everywhere know that James Paxton has what it takes to be great. He throws really hard with the fastball. He has a decent moving cutter. If he doesn't leave it right down the plate, then it tends to be a better pitch. But if it's left right there, it's easy as pie to hit. I mean, it's just really easy. Piece of cake. So then he has a really good knuckle curve if used effectively. A really good pitch, which we've noticed that when he uses that a lot more, he tends to be a lot better. And he also has a slider that isn't bad. It's pretty good. So he has he has good pitches, and we've seen... That a lot of times throughout his career with Seattle, he has a lot of great starts because he has great stuff. He has the potential. And look at this, baby. Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt this, but Aaron Judge, another home run, baby. Great job. Just looked over at the Yankee game. Bomb to right center field on what was a big, slow curveball by Kershaw. Great job, Judgey. boy. It's 2-1. to one. Solo shot. Exit Velo, 104. The distance is 404. Lots of little fours going on here. That was a bomb. Right off the bat when I took a glance over, I knew that was gone. Let's see this big breaking ball up and away. He just took it the opposite way. Aaron Judge is hot, people. 
He is red hot with the bat right now. B.A.J., Big Aaron Judge, off Clayton Kershaw. Two solo shots allowed by Kershaw tonight. All right, so the Yankees retake the lead. It's 2-1. to one. <laughs> So, just a brief interruption there because I just, I had to. <laughs> so, where were we? We were getting into the Dodgers game, right? <laughs> oh, boy. So, in a way, this isn't good doing the podcast during a live game because then I get easily distracted. <laughs> so, I think, I, anyway, I was talking about James Paxson. So, as I said with Jay Happ, there's a reason why I'm not surprised when he does badly, even though it does tick me off. But with James Paxson's potential, we've all seen what he does a lot of the time throughout his career, career with his good pitches. We all know he has what it takes. And that's why we get irritated with him more than we do just anybody else, because we know he has what it takes, but yet he's gone out there so many times and stunk. And I think a lot of people are just really confused and frustrated looking for answers for it. I think James Paxson himself is looking for answers for it a lot. Understandably so. But boy... Did Paxton come through under pressure in a big game in which he would make a huge statement in L.A.? In the first game of a series between two teams that a lot of people legitimately believe could very well be a World Series matchup in October. So, it's definitely important that in a series like this, go out there and send a message right away in the first game, especially coming off of a tough series in Oakland. Why not? So this game started out, of course, we all know the outcome, but we'll go through it a bit. Aaron Judge, as I said, has been red hot lately. He started the first game off in the top of the third inning with a solo shot to put the Yankees up 1-0. Gary Sanchez would follow with his 100th career home run, fastest catcher in baseball history to make it to 100 home runs. I believe it was like 320-something games. I don't remember specifically, but the second, the second fastest behind him was Mike Piazza, so you know. With an offensive catcher like Mike Piazza, if you beat him out in a stat like that, that is damn impressive. So, congratulations to Gary on that shot. He hit it falling to a knee, which was even more impressive. That gave the Yankees a 2-0 lead. That was a solo shot. Then James Paxson would give up his only run of the evening, of course, with him in the game. He would have another run charged to him later on, on a run allowed by Canely, but he wasn't in the game when that run crossed the plate. So, when he was in the game, this was the run he gave up. A.J. Pollock, RBI single, made it 2-1 to one Yankees, but then Yankees didn't let the Dodgers get anywhere closer after that. Grand slam for D.D. Gregorius in the top of the fifth to make it 6-1. to one. Then Brett Gardner, RBI double, made it 7-1. to one. Glaber Torres, another home run. Solo shot made it 8-1. to one. Then it was 8-2 to two with Tommy Canely in. And since Chris Taylor, who was on base while Paxson was in the game, he came home. And that was the run charged to Paxson, even though Canely was in the game. So, Kike Hernandez, RBI double, made it 8-2 Yankees. And then the Yankees would end on even a little bit more. Insult to injury. Aaron Judge, RBI single, 9-2. And then D.D. Gregorius with his second home run of the night. A solo shot to make it 10-2. And that was the final score of that game. So, James Paxson especially, and the rest of the New York Yankees after a rough series in Oakland, heading right into L.A., sending a very big message to the Dodgers and baseball saying, hey, we are rebounding nice and strong after that rough series in Oakland. But James Paxson, round of applause to you, my man. A lot of people throughout the season, including myself, rightfully so, have been hard on you, but you came through in this game. And this could definitely, definitely, both for the Yankees and for James Paxson especially, be a huge turning point in the season. I mean, I know yesterday probably took a lot of momentum away with how that ninth inning went, but boy... 
especially for James Paxton. That first game could definitely be a momentum shifter for his season, and he could definitely be the start of turning things around from that start. A huge outing by him. So then, of course, Saturday would roll around. Day game, Yankees playing at 4 p.m. Eastern. And this would be the game that got in a lot of people's nerves, of course, because the ninth inning was very understandably frustrating for Yankee fans everywhere. So let's get right into it. Just glared over at the TV. I believe Herman just struck out Jock Peterson. We gave up a home run, too, in the first inning, so that's a big out for him right there. But anyway, to yesterday's game. Not much to talk about as far as scoring is concerned. CC Sabathia had an okay start. He didn't go deep. He only went four innings. Allowed two runs and struck out seven, which was good. And really, the only mistake he made was the run, two-run shot to Justin Turner. That was really it. That was the only mistake he made. And that was one of only two scoring plays in the game anyway. Here's, here's a recap of that game. Justin Turner, two-run shot in the bottom of the third is 23rd of the year. 2 nothing Dodgers. Aaron Judge in the top of the fourth would answer right back with a mammoth shot to center field to make it 2-1 to Dodgers. And that was the score that they would win by. But of course, as we spoke about already earlier in the podcast, I will not repeat myself that rant, of course, because I'd be wasting time. If you want to listen back to that, if you didn't get to hear it already, then go back and listen to that rant on my opinions on how yesterday's game ended. But as far as scoring plays, it's all that happened. Gonsolin, five five innings, only one run allowed, struck out two. Didn't do bad. Definitely a solid start. But yesterday, that game, just a, a bad taste in the mouth for Yankee fans after the way it ended. That's all. And now, of course, tonight's game, no really recap other than what has happened so far because there's still more game to be played because it's still going on live right now, of course, as I'm recording the podcast. The Yankees are winning 2-1 to one right now. And what has happened so far today, DJ LeMahieu started off the game right, right away, first batter of the game off Kershaw with a solo shot. Then, Jock Peterson, first batter of the game for Herman, would hit a solo shot himself to make it 1-1. One to one. And then, just before, as you heard earlier, my, my immediate reaction to it, Aaron Judge with his 16th home run of the year would go oppo taco right center field on a curveball by Clayton Kershaw. Solo shot to make it 2-1 to one Yankees. That's where we're at right now. And where we are at this moment, I believe Max Muncy just walked. And I'm glad I have the TV on mute because, of course, the ESPN is on tonight. So that's that's that, I guess. <laughs> as far as the Yankees divisional picture right now, just going around, the Tampa Bay Rays lost to the Orioles again. They split their series. It's not a good team to lose to when you are fighting for first place, even though you're pretty far behind still. San Diego Padres beat the Boston Red Sox. They salvaged a game earlier by a score of 3-1. to one. And, of course, the Yankees are winning right now. Justin Turner's up at bat with Max Muncy on first. He had just taken a walk. Jock Peterson struck out to start the inning. We're in the bottom of the third right now? Yes, bottom of the third. And it's 0-1 on Justin Turner. Now it's 1-1. One one. So, as the game continues on, that was your weekly recap, of course, here on Yapping Yankees, as we do every week. Now let's take a look at what's ahead for the next week of Yankees baseball as the West Coast trip starts to near its end. To many Yankee fans' relief, including my own. <laughs> Because we just know that with the exception of the West Coast trip during next man up season earlier in the year, with the exception of that trip, a lot of Yankees West Coast trips don't tend to be that fun. Justin Turner just hit a single to left field. Talkman gets the ball in. Muncy looks like he's staying at second. I hope he just doesn't allow the Dodgers to at least tie the game again after that mammoth home run by Judge. Don't just keep giving it back like that. (laughs) That's not nice. 
By the way, they're just showing a replay of LeMayu's home run right now, too. Both of the Yankees' home runs, DJ LeMayu and Aaron Judge, had been on Clayton Kershaw's huge curveball. First 22 starts are showing this stat right now for Kershaw on the curveball. First 22 starts, two home runs allowed only on his curveball. Tonight, there have been two home runs off it. So the Yankees have seen Kershaw's curveball pretty good. No doubt about that. So anyway, let's get into what's ahead. The, you know, what the Yankees, who, the, who they're playing, when they're playing for the next week, and what the divisions are looking like around baseball, as well as the wild card races. Cody Bellinger just grounded out, so it's second and third, two outs now. As far as what's ahead, tomorrow, Yankees will dart right over to Seattle as their West Coast trip starts to come to an end. They'll be playing tomorrow night. Pitchers have not been announced for the game so far, as far as I see on my MLB at Bad App. 10.10 p.m. Eastern, the start time is against the Seattle Mariners tomorrow night. The Mariners are 56-75, and 75, almost 20 games under 500, so it should not be that bad a series for the Yankees. Then on Tuesday, they'll play the second game, also at 10.10 p.m. Eastern time. And then they'll play the third game on Wednesday at 4.10 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. So the three-game series in Seattle, that's a deep fly ball to center. In the Yankee game right now. Oh, what a catch! Woo! Gardner just made a crazy catch in center field. Wow. <laughs> Exhale, guys. Sheesh. Wow. I'm watching the replay right now. What a catch by Gardy. Crashing into the wall the whole nine yards. Nice job. That was hit by Corey Seager. Seager's no joke. Every time he hits the ball, I go, you know, <gasps> like a big gasp. <laughs> he or Bellinger, they hit the ball and I just gasp. <laughs> oh, what a catch in that inning. I'm hyped up now. Let's do this. Let's finish this thing off. <laughs> so the Yankees will then have off on Thursday. They don't play on Thursday. Then on Friday, they return back home to the Bronx to face the Oakland A's. I predict they'll have a much easier series against the A's in Yankee Stadium. Not only because they won't be in Oakland and that stadium is just a house of horrors for the Yankees, but the Yankees just do in general play better in Yankee Stadium, as many of you mentioned too. It's a true fact. If you look at the contrast between the Yankees' home record and their away record. So they'll come home to face the A's starting on Friday for a weekend series. The Friday game will start at 7.05 p.m. Eastern. And the Saturday game will start at 1.05 p.m. Eastern, as will the Sunday game, September 1st, when the next yapping Yankees will come at you. 1.05 p.m. Eastern for that game. As far as the standings go, of course, the AL East picture right now, depending on what the Yankees do tonight, is not official because if the Yankees lose, then things will remain at eight games over Tampa. But if the Yankees win, then they will go back up to nine games over Tampa. So right now, as I'm recording the podcast, of course, the game is going on, so nothing is over yet. Right now, the Rays are eight and a half games behind the Yankees for first place in the AL East. Boston is 14 and a half games back for now. And then, of course, Toronto and Baltimore are just way out of it. In the AL Central, Minnesota Twins, they have regained somewhat of a control of that division. Three and a half games over the Cleveland Indians. And then after that, the division just drops off 19 games out of first the Chicago White Sox. And then Kansas City and Detroit way behind them. The AL West, the Houston Astros, nine and a half games over Oakland for first place. And then the Rangers and Angels and Seattle, the Mariners, they are just way out of it as well. Over in the National League, the Atlanta Braves, who just came off of sweeping the Mets, a good series in City Field for them, eight wins in a row. They are six games over also the red-hot Washington Nationals for first place. 
and they are 11 and a half games over the Philadelphia Phillies and 12 games over the New York Mets. And of course, the Miami Marlins are way out of it. The NL Central, probably the best divisional race in baseball right now. St. Louis Cardinals up in first place, two games over the Chicago, the Chicago Cubs, four games over the Brewers, 10 and a half games over the Reds, and 16 over the Pittsburgh Pirates, who have just had a terrible season. And of course, the NL West, the easiest division in baseball by far. Dodgers running away with the, with the division, 20 and a half games over the second place San Francisco Giants. Not even close, that division there. That division was just about all wrapped up in May, I think. <laughs> so, that's your divisional picture. As far as the wild card, both wild card pictures still very close for certain teams. The American League wild card between three teams is dangerously close. And the National League wild card has a few more teams involved. So the Cleveland Indians right now have a half a game in the first wild card over the second wild card team in Tampa Bay. And then a half a game behind Tampa Bay for the second wild card is the Oakland A's. Then you have Boston six games behind the second wild card and everybody else falling way out of it. And then over in the National League, here's your exciting race over there. Four games up in the first wild card over the second wild card team is the Washington Nationals. 73 and 57 record, as I mentioned before, they are red hot. So that's good for them. Four games up in the first wild card over the second place wild card team, the Chicago Cubs, who are, they are in possession of the second wild card right now, as I said. Then a game and a half behind the Cubs for the second wild card, the Philadelphia Phillies. Two games behind the Cubs half a game behind the Phillies, are both the Brewers and the Mets. Four games behind the Cubs, the San Francisco Giants. Four and a half games behind the Cubs are the Arizona Diamondbacks. And then after that, everyone basically falls out of it. So that that's your wild card picture, guys. Those are your, That's your baseball situation as it stands right now here on Sunday night, August the 25th, 2019. With September coming up around the corner next week, which is when the next Yapping Yankees is, which is a nice segue because this is the end of the show. So, as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. One last shout-out for Team Left Jab at the end of the show, as I always do. The Team Left Jab United Radio Network. They feature Team Left Jab Boxing Radio, Team Left Jab Uncensored, and, of course, the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Be sure to go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms, follow them on their website, and check out their great sports content. So... As always, be sure to follow me on social media as well, guys. First off is my Facebook fan page, at Mike Scudero NY. You could also follow me on Twitter, the social media app I'm most active on, without a doubt, at Mike Scudero. Also, DM me with any questions, comments, concerns you have that you want here on the podcast. I'll shout you out, and we'll talk about it. But there's plenty of good interaction with the polls, as always, on there and Instagram, which, by the way, on both platforms, continue to vote on those, continue to interact, because I love giving you guys a voice here on the podcast. This is a Yapping Yankees podcast. We talk Yankees on here. Love talking to you guys, hearing what you guys have to say. Definitely love it. I mean, your, your opinion out there is important to me. It is. And it's a driving force on the podcast for the poll discussion segment. So that's, that's the deal. So be sure to follow me on, on Twitter at Mike Scudero and also on Instagram. Be sure to follow me on Instagram, Mike Scuds 97 and the poll that I usually have on there along with the Twitter polls usually in my Instagram story. So be sure to follow me on all those. 
So thank you tons again for listening. I'm Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday, September 1st, the last month of the baseball regular season, when I come at you with episode 11 of Yapping Yankees with the final month of the season arriving. So thank you again so much, and don't forget to keep watching Yankees baseball. By the way, I think Didi's out of the game because he, he's not at shortstop anymore. Glaber's there. They must have moved him over. And I saw Mike Ford came into the game to go play first base. Damn, I hope he's all right. Ah, <laughs> oh, these injuries, these injuries. Well, I hope they win this game because winning the series would definitely be a big deal. Take care, guys. Take care, guys.